All right, welcome in to episode two of The Replay. My name is Ian, also known as Canadian Falcon, the host of the podcast, and I am joined by my first guest. Uh, his name's Trevor. He is the owner of Team Repeat Season, the champion from last year and currently with a great team this year. How's it going? It's going great. We got a 2-0 start, second highest scoring team in the league. So it's it's starting pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I know, uh, I know in the draft, just uh, before we get into the the rest of what we're doing this week i know you got a you got sniped on a couple picks there uh, i know oh, I, I know you really yeah. wanted clyde edwards Lair, but uh you ended up with joe mixon who i still think is a good pick yeah yeah i i actually took cook with the pick after that and then got mixon the second oh yeah that's right yeah. i told i look i'm just so used to mixon being like a consensus yeah. first round pick but and yeah. I, I was actually really really reluctant to take that because i have so many shares of dalvin cook and dynasty i and feel even- that He's a tier above every other guy that was there for me, but it's like, at what point do you have too much invested in one guy? I I totally understand that. Yeah, I've I'm 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 kind of feeling the same way. Except thankfully my guys are lower risk. Uh, I'm only doing two leagues this year, but I have Robert Woods, uh, and uh, oh who else? AJ Green in both of them. But I mean AJ Green was a low enough investment for me that I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, like it's a he's. A, I think in this league he was like my eighth round pick and then in my other league he was he fell super far he was like my 10th round pick oh yeah for sure and like the the ironic thing was like i was kind of reluctant to take cook there but then uh this draft i actually took a ton of guys that i don't have on many other teams like this was my first share of mike evans and travis kelsey on any of my teams which is saying a lot because i'm in a lot of leagues yeah and ironically enough dalvin cook and calvin ridley are the only two guys i have for my team last year and both those guys were hurt at the end of the year yeah it's a it's a few a few interesting connections so Mm -hmm. i think we're gonna try and follow the format from the last episode so we're gonna go over the the uh the games uh and starting off we have our game from last week uh a complete and utter blowout if i've ever seen one uh, I lost 123.54 to your 189.5. Uh, first of all, congratulations on one of the highest scoring weeks we've seen so far this season, and even including last season, this would have been one of the highest scoring weeks uh, in the top five, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me about uh, tell me about how you think your, your team... Uh, it, were there any interesting decisions that you kind of you kind of went out on a limb on this uh last week or was it all kind of just a standard lineup um it was all standard except for one thing i was deciding between michael gallup and tyler lockett for my third wide receiver spot because uh lockett had a tough matchup against new england and gallup was playing the super soft atlanta defense and i actually had uh gallup in at the start and last minute i checked into like the pff discord and uh a fantasy centric discord that i have and in both of them the people advised me to go with locket not play the matchup just go with the better player and it it ended up working out because uh gallup scored almost 10 points less than locket yeah obviously it didn't end up mattering because the rest of the lineup just went ham oh yeah but i got some good advice from some pretty good sources yeah, and I think that's one of the big things that, uh, in particular, I struggle with is I oftentimes struggle with uh, playing the matchup versus playing the better player. 
Uh, I would say for now, I I feel like I played my best uh, lineup last week. Uh, th- there was nothing I could have done to win. Like I don't think my even putting in my truly ideal lineup, if I, if it was like best ball or something like that, I would not have won. Plain and simple. Yeah. Honestly, it was just a bad spot for you. Like, oh I yeah, mean, and obviously, uh, yeah, all my lineup did really well, but like, it, it's a one week sample, two week sample for the season, like. Calvin Ridley scored a hundred yards. He's had a hundred yards and two touchdowns in both games. That Calvin Ridley is a really good fantasy option, and I love him. But he's mm-hmm. not going to do that every single week. Like no, and I mean that's that's honestly kind of why I feel confident. Because if my bad week is like awful week is one hundred and twenty three point five four, that's a damn good floor. Mm-hmm. Like and you got three performances of under five points, so like yeah, and that that was that was T. Y. Hilton, who's still trying to figure things out. Uh, Indianapolis's whole offense is still trying to figure things out. A. J. Green, who, I mean, I think those injuries are finally catching up to him. And then Julio with a with a very uncharacteristic quiet game. Yeah, uh, and he's actually been missing practice this week too with a little hamstring injury. So I mean, it doesn't seem like it's serious. It seems like something he's going to play through, but. To be, to be you, fair, it's they also said he was doing that the last two weeks and he was totally fine. So, I mean, I'm not taking out Julio because it. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, who would? And it's also yeah. Julio Jones is probably. I I think I can safely say he's probably my favorite active player in the NFL. So there's a little bit of bias there, but mm-hmm. uh. And I I didn't watch much of Atlanta's game in Week One but I watched a ton of it in week two and you could really tell he was hampering. Yeah. I, I didn't manage to catch it. I didn't, uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember the games I had. I got, uh, I think I only had Vikings Colts. No, I, I had giants bears too. I think I had that one. That That's a pretty rough pairing. I mean, yeah, not the best games. Yeah. Uh, but I did get, uh, chiefs chargers, uh, as the, as the afternoon game. So that was pretty good. Uh, looking at my bench here, the one player who I'm I'm pretty happy I actually managed to get him this year was John Brown. So he was someone that I was actually actively targeting last year. Uh, ended up not getting him, so I went yeah. with Cole Beasley instead, the clutch I playoff performer. Year, I think. Yeah, I think you got John Brown last year. Uh, I may be confusing with another league because I had a lot of John Brown last year because I was targeting him as well. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I he was him. such a value last year. And honestly, still this year, I mean... Two good performances, over 70 yards in each, six receptions for 70 and four for 82. Uh, touchdown in both. Ten targets week one, six targets week two. Even with Stefan Diggs there, it seems like he's still a viable option, which I love to see. I think having a ton of deep threats is great for the development of Josh Allen. Uh, and even still, having the, other pe- uh, having the other pieces in place that they do uh, for kind of the shorter and intermediate game hopefully will cause Josh Allen to really take that next step, which I think we're already seeing a bit of this year. Uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, Josh Kelly continued to impress me. Uh, I was very happy to get that early pickup on him, uh, especially with, you know, if Justin Herbert is the starter, I think people fear Justin Herbert more than Tyrod Taylor. That's like saying water is wet, but... You know, keeping defenses more honest will open up the run uh, run games more. And Herbert's definitely going to target the running backs more on passing downs, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
uh, taking a look at your bench, a, a quieter game for Dallas Goddard, I see. Yeah, I didn't get much from the bench. Even even Daniel Jones put up under 10 as a quarterback. Yeah, so, I mean, but I feel I feel like that's kind of as the Danny Dimes owner last year. That's kind of that's kind of what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I drafted him knowing that I wouldn't start him the first three weeks because he had brutal matchups. Yeah, because but... it was it was Chicago, it was Pittsburgh. Oh my God, San Francisco, yeah. the Rams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His his first like plus yeah. matchup is week five. Yeah, it's a rough start, but with. Minshew, who I absolutely loved late in drafts, and Big Ben's my other quarterback. Well, I got a different one than Big Ben now, which we'll get to later, but I'm I'm really comfortable about not starting Daniel Jones the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, and I, I think as a quarterback where it's like, if you need to put him in for a week, like kind of that bi-week quarterback, I think he's, I think that mm-hmm. works out well, but anything yeah. more than that is a bit, a bit too much to ask. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot to talk about on the bench. Uh, just kind of pretty standard from what you'd expect for all these all these people. So I think uh, unless you have anything else to add, I'm ready to move on to game two. Um, the only other thing that I would add is, is on Minshew, how I liked him. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in points per game. He was quarterback 14 last year, I believe. It's it was right around those mid to early teens. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember uh, like right after Foles got hurt. I, I forget who snatched him bump, but it was a it was a sizable bid last year. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure who it was either, but like I, I know it wasn't me, and I regret that. I made the I made like the same bid as what got Minshew on Kyle Allen later, and regretted it immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I just checked on Fantasy Pros; it was quarterback 17 last year, so it, I was a it was a bit lower than I thought, but still. But still, yeah, I, Superflex, a very good option. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean he's got, oh my god, up until his bye yeah. week, his schedule is nuts. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis, Tennessee, Miami, at Cincinnati, at Houston, home against Detroit. That's yeah, we, a. Oh yeah, that's gonna get you off to a great start. Yeah. We might have a bit of concern. He's playing Tennessee, Baltimore, and Chicago in the playoffs. So, oh, you don't like to see a, that's any of a that. Bit rough, but we'll worry about that if we get there. True. All right. So moving on to game two, I'm just kind of going down the list of what ESPN gives me. It is Drew Lock Truther winning uh, his first game of the year, one seventy six point five six to Jack Barr's Admirals one fifty six point ninety six. Uh, Drew Lock Truther. I'm just gonna run through. Oh, I should have done that for our game. I should have run through the uh, the starting lineups, but I'll do that uh, for this game real quick, and then we'll go back and do the other one. Uh, so Drew Lock Truther, QB one Cam Newton, RB one Josh Jacobs, RB two Nick Chubb, wide receiver one Odell, wide receiver two Cortland Sutton, wide receiver three Darius Slayton, tight end one Hunter Henry, flex Jonathan Taylor, super flex Derek Carr in the Colts defense. Jack Barr started QB1 of Mahomes, RB1 Aaron Jones, RB2 Chris Carson, wide receiver 1 Tyreek Hill, wide receiver 2 Keenan Allen, wide receiver 3 Jarvis Landry, tight end Zach Ertz, flex Ronald Jones, super flex Tom Brady, and the Seahawks defense. And then let me just go back and grab the, uh, just so we make sure everyone knows kind of what the teams are consistently. Uh, So for my game, Team Canada versus repeat season, I started QB1 Matt Stafford, RB1 Zeke, RB2 Kenyon Drake, 
wide receiver one, Julio Jones, wide receiver two, Robert Woods, wide receiver three, AJ Green, tight end, Darren Waller, flex, T.Y. Hilton, super flex, Jared Goff, Bills defense versus uh, Trevor's QB1, Gardner Minshew, RB1, Joe Mixon, RB2, Kareem Hunt, wide receiver one, Mike Evans, wide receiver two, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver three, Tyler Lockett, tight end one, Travis Kelsey, flex of Dalvin Cook, super flex of Big Ben, and the 49ers defense. So a little bit out of order there. I apologize. Still getting used to all this, but uh, in the uh, the Drew Lock Truther and Jack Bar game, were there any kind of big standouts that you saw uh, aside from the injuries? Because I think that sh- that should be its own segment after we get yeah. through these recaps. Yeah. So I mean, the big ones are Cam Newton scoring almost thirty-seven points and Derek Carr scoring twenty-seven and a half for Drew Lock Truther. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell for, for sure doing the math in your head, but judging by these lineups it looks like jack bar may have been pretty comfortable with a win going into sunday night football but then he got cam newton Derek carr as well as josh jacobs the next day put up almost 80 combined points yeah that's that's always rough mm -hmm. and jack bar got negative points from his seattle defense and the one thing i also i think we also have to talk about the fact that drew lock truther scored 17 from the Colts defense yeah like I mean mm-hmm. I that, think that's I th- a bit rough for both of us as Vikings fans absolutely but the other thing I want to highlight is Jack Barr uh as the Aaron Jones owner a 43.6 point yes. per I think that that has to be the highest one the highest points of anybody so far mm-hmm. and, and you almost feel for him because he gets this wasted performance from Aaron Jones this week, and he's 0-2. Like, it's really rough, because I actually like his team a lot. Oh, I, I completely agree. This matchup and the week before, he faced guys that scored 170-plus. So, like, it's just some bad luck. Yeah, it's just some bad luck. And uh, speaking of liking his team, I think he really does have a good team, especially kind of his bench. Uh it may not be the strongest bench out there, but it is interesting with uh, mm-hmm. with Henry Ruggs. You've got that as kind of a week-to-week option. The other one who I am notoriously high on, at least on this podcast, uh, Zach Moss. So I didn't watch—I might have said this before. I could be repeating myself, but whatever. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of college football, but Zach Moss, just the, the amount I did watch— was disproportionate like disproportionate amounts of utah i don't know why i'm in minnesota i don't know what stars align to make that happen but i still think zach moss is taking that job but uh before the end of the year and if that happens that's if we see that happen and josh allen continues to develop oh man oh man zach moss is going to be a monster I, I don't know if I completely agree on him taking the job, but I, I think it's at worst like a 45-55 for him. Like, oh, it, take the job was a bit... Yeah, I don't think it'll be the, become the like yeah. undisputed number one, but if it mm-hmm. if it does end up being a committee, I think he'll be the leader of that committee. Yeah, all, all offseason I was seeing Devin Singletary go like half a dozen rounds before him, and I didn't understand it. Like, I was sure it was going to be very close to a 50 50 yeah exactly and i mean he had a good week one he didn't have as good of a week two which was a little bit surprising considering he got a he got a bit more i can't see the targets for the running back here uh 
given the minimized ESPN screen here. But, I mean, still nine carries week one, eight carries week two on much better uh, efficiency week two, 4.6 as opposed to 1.2. I think if the receiving work can kind of stay at about like three receptions, he'll be a solid flex option this year. Uh, And then if he gets more and more rushing work, I think that'll I think that'll be really good for his upside. Yeah. Uh, Another note I want to bring up, uh, Sam Darnold on his bench. I'm going to take a little bit of a victory lap in my evaluation of taking Bridgewater over Sam Darnold. I was just, I was so low on the Jets, even before they traded away Jamal Adams. I did not like that team. I looked at the wide receiving core. I was not particularly high on on Denzel Mims. Uh... I was not high on that offensive line. I thought Mekhi Becton was a solid pick, but I still worried so much about how Sam Darnold was going to handle the this lack of weapons and the coaching of Adam Gase. And even though, spoiler alert, Teddy Bridgewater is no longer on my roster, I think he would be an upgrade for uh, over Sam Darnold, just given the offense that surrounds him and Bridgewater's strengths versus what Sam Darnold is being asked to do in New York. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. I, honestly, not to call you out, but I don't really think it deserves a victory lap. I think it was clear as day that Bridgewater was better than Darnold coming in. Oh, really? I, I thought I got a little bit of flack during the draft. Maybe not from you, but uh, from a few other people, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't remember it, but yeah, it was far and away Bridgewater in that situation for me. Yeah, other than that, uh, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland uh, on the bench there uh, for uh, for Jack Barr and Drew Locke, res- and Drew Locke Truther, respectively. Uh, definitely a down week after I mistakenly thought that James Conner was going to be out. So, uh, I don't know. I think both their value is significantly diminished with James Conner back in the fold. I mean, you've still... There, there's still good bench options, especially if you have a an open spot almost. But uh, definitely not what you want to see after it was kind of a, a hot commodity on the week one waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I remember right, he spent about half his fab on Benny Snell. Uh, no, I think you're thinking of... Uh, I think you're, you might be thinking of Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I am. I am. That, that's my mistake. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean... Just, an, just another uh, running back in a committee that underperformed this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's kind of it's kind of everything to say on this matchup. It's kind of a, a standard matchup. Uh, I mentioned we'll get into injuries later. Not really a whole lot. I think we covered the big the big talking points there. So, yeah. moving on to the third game, Master Chef Russ uh, losing against Danny Dollars. Uh, with a score of 151.76 to 173.74. MasterChef Russ starting QB1 of Lamar, RB1 of Miles Sanders, RB2 James Conner, wide receiver 1 Amari Cooper, wide receiver 2 Adam Thielen, uh, wide receiver 3 Will Fuller, tight end Hayden Hurst, flex Melvin Gordon, super flex Dak, Patriots defense, up against Danny Dollars, QB1 Russell Wilson, RB1 Derrick Henry, RB2 Raheem Mostert, Wide receiver one, Juju. Wide receiver two, Devontae Parker. Wide receiver three, Paris Campbell. Tight end of Evan Ingram. Flex, Jonu Smith. Super flex, Matt Ryan. And the Steelers defense. Uh, so kind of just going on here. 
not really a whole lot to to say, I think. I'm just kind of looking through the scores. I'm not seeing a whole lot that's that's big. Will Fuller with zero points is rough. Uh, Hayden Hurst having a good game against Dallas, even though they lost. Paris uh, Campbell getting hurt as well. Paris Campbell getting hurt. Dak, oh, Dak with a monster game, 41.8 in that yep. huge comeback. This was the quarterback matchup. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got two of the best, two of the top five quarterbacks. I'd probably... Eh. I'll go two of the top four because I'm still not sure about where I fall on Aaron Rodgers versus Lamar. Uh, but two of the top four in Russell Wilson versus Lamar. And then you've got Matt Ryan and Dak, which is still like two respectable quarterbacks. Both of them, I would probably say at this point, are top top 10 to 12 guys. Yeah, and, and Dak's... I, I'd argue Dak's a top five fantasy quarterback. Oh, absolutely. You, you will hear no arguments from me. Uh, I believe I had him as QB3 this year. That's fair. I, I actually had him above Kyler and Russ. That's fair. I think I did as well. Uh, I might have had Watson a little bit higher, potentially, but I was also much higher on the Texans offense, I think, yeah. than a lot of other people. Uh, the yeah. other thing I want to highlight real quick was something I was not able to cover because it was actually a last-minute waiver wire acquisition. But Danny Dollars snagging Jonu Smith off of waivers and Jonu coming through with a monster 22.4 uh, point performance was was huge. Uh, just a really good uh, quick pickup there with, with A.J. Brown out and kind of focusing in on the hot hand there. Yeah, and this was kind of a, kind of a weird matchup because both guys scored tw- quite a bit, 173 and 151. And both of them had some guys that were dragging the team down. Like, Will Fuller obviously had nothing. Paris Campbell had .7 after getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, they had they had a few rough performances, but, like, they had these standouts like Dak and Russ scoring 40-plus each. Exactly. And if you're looking at uh, tight ends as well, Danny Dollars on his bench had, uh, had Tyler Higby, who scored 25.9. Yep. So he has three great fantasy options at tight end right now with Evan Ingram, Johnny Smith, and Tyler Higby. And I find that kind of ironic because I actually have the Tyler Higby, Johnny Smith duo in a lot of leagues as tight ends. I mean, so it's it's a good relative budget tight end pickup, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of funny how they're both, they both found their way onto the same team in this league as well. Yeah. Uh, also, and, Leonard Fournette with a good week for MasterChef Russ on the bench. Uh, unfortunately, look at the bench scoring. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. With ninety-one point six two bench scoring, like an eighty-nine point eight six. This bench scoring is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is actually kind of sustainable with Antonio Gibson, Julian Julian Edelman, and Leonard Fournette for Master Chef Ross all being like big parts of the offense, or at least kind of the leading man in that offense. Uh, Deshaun Jackson as well, uh, and then on the bench of. Danny Dollars, you got Tannehill, Tyler Higby, CeeDee Lamb, Mark Ingram, uh, not to mention Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay, who weren't even started due to injury. Like, I yeah. think the upside of Danny Dollars, uh, that current that version of his team was was insane, but there were some uh, there were some big changes we'll get to in a minute here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all I have for this matchup. I'm ready to move on to the next one, yep. if uh, that's right with you. Yep. Sweet. 
All right, moving on to Snuffy the Seal, losing uh, 125.94 to the 188.52 of TFG. Uh, another incredible performance from uh, from TFG. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, rosters. Snuffy the Seal, QB1, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, RB1, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, RB2, David Johnson, wide receiver 1, DJ Moore, wide receiver 2, Marquise Brown, wide receiver 3, Deontay Johnson, tight end of Noah Fant, flex of Robbie Anderson, super flex Aaron Rodgers in the Chiefs defense versus TFG's QB1 Kyler Murray, RB1 CMC, RB2 James Robinson, wide receiver 1 DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 2 Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 3 Stefan Diggs, tight end Mark Andrews, flex David Montgomery, super flex Carson Wentz, and the Packers defense. So some of the big things I want to highlight is just wow tfg's starting roster is kind of insane all i can say is that that scares me it is absolutely terrifying and i am saltier than ever that i was not i took like darren waller is a cool guy he's a good pick and i'm happy he's turned his career around but oh my god if i had just taken stefan diggs or terry mclaurin i would have a much better wide receiving core and that's one of my biggest regrets of the draft because both of them on this team are just, they're putting in work. And that Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins stack, that, honestly, this this team might not miss a beat, even though he's missing Christian McCaffrey for four to six weeks. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, James Robinson and David Montgomery, you could do much worse for running backs. James, James Robinson off waivers, getting David Montgomery at value because he got hurt right before the draft. I mean, yeah, he was someone that I I kept telling myself to take, but there were just other options that I thought were better. But, uh, yeah, that's truly yeah. a value pick. Uh, He's got the lines running back to as well. Waiting to see how that shakes out exactly. But Yeah, Joe Burrow not, on the bench is a great quarterback. Uh, especially with Carson Wentz playing the way he is, I think we could very, very quickly see Joe Burrow become a fixture in this starting lineup. Absolutely. As for Snuffy the Seal... Uh, a, a solid game. I would not say any really awful performances. Just kind of a rough week. Some of them not meeting their upside against easier matchups like uh, Jimmy G playing the Jets, uh, yeah. Marquise Brown versus the Texans, uh, and then Aaron Rodgers not doing more against Detroit, even though it was a good game. Uh, Deshaun, honestly, oh. he had some bad luck too. Oh yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. I think in the second quarter against New York, yep. he was actually having a fantastic game. Like. He was on pace to put up another one of those 30-point QB weeks that we saw this week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had an awful game script that allowed him to only get uh, 10 carries all game. Mm-hmm. Like the, With the Chargers coming out early. You are not often going to see a game script that Clyde only gets 10 carries. Yeah, you're not going to see a game script where the Chiefs are behind often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we can call this an aberration of a week. Uh, I still think it's a good team, especially when you consider the fact that he's still got Deshaun Watson chilling on his bench. Uh, he played the matchup with Jimmy G versus the Jets versus Deshaun Watson against uh, the Ravens. And even though Jimmy G got hurt, it worked out. He scored more than Deshaun Watson. So am I concerned about the Texans offense? Yes. Have they played some of the best defenses or like just some of the best teams in the NFL? Yes, they also have. I think, I think they'll rebound. They just need that 
They need that easy game where they come out and they just torch the opponent. I think they need a confidence boost. Yeah. And the only other thing that I see on here is uh, no fans already having a fantastic year. He's tied in three through two games. And oh, yeah. that, target, that target share is probably going to go up with Cortland Sutton being done for the season. Yeah, in, in some of my preliminary mock drafts, I was... I was my kind of strategy was go for some Broncos just because the upside is there with them. And it, w- it was him and Cortland Sutton because I took a look and uh, he's Noah Fant was really good with Drew Locke last year and he was good so far this year. We'll see how he plays with Jeff Driscoll, uh, who I actually don't hate. I mean, obviously, he's not a great quarterback, but I think you could do a hell of a lot worse for a backup. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I actually just noticed uh let's talk about robbie anderson for a second he's wide yeah. receiver five he Wait, has had two whoa. easier matchups he he played vegas week one tampa isn't the best secondary it's not awful but like wide receiver five robbie anderson the, the that's that's true we'll see how it goes this week against yeah. an incredible chargers defense when the panthers are missing christian mccaffrey Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, that's that's a good point. Robbie Anderson was another good waiver wire pickup, uh, who I think unfortunate for the CMC injury, but could pay dividends as the year goes on. Definitely. All right, are you are we ready to move on to the last game of the week or for week two? Yes, we are. All right, we have saved by Labelle winning one forty three point three four against Mayfield of Dreams. 115.24. Saved by LaBelle, starting QB1 Josh Allen, RB1 Camara, RB2 Todd Gurley, wide receiver 1 Devontae Adams, wide receiver 2 DJ Shark, wide receiver 3 DK Metcalf, tight end of Gronk, flex of Emmanuel Sanders, super flex Phillip Rivers, and the Bears defense. Against Mayfield of Dreams, QB1 Baker, RB1 Saquon, RB2 Austin Eckler, Wide receiver one, Allen Robinson. Wide receiver two, Cooper Cup. Wide receiver three, Corey Davis. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Flex, Marvin Jones. Super flex, Drew Brees. And the Ravens defense. So the big thing I kind of want to mention here is it's rough for Mayfield of Dreams. uh, Losing Saquon, that injury is absolutely devastating. Uh, Number two overall pick getting taken out for the year. Uh, You hate to see it. I I don't care who you are. I have... I am very sad for him. Like, you always, you hate losing your top pick. It is the worst feeling in fantasy football. Absolutely. Especially especially when it's one of those absolute top-tier guys like Saquon or CMC. Both yeah. getting hurt for the weekend. I mean, it, it, in our Superflex League, Patrick Mahomes, I think, went fifth overall. And if you lost Patrick Mahomes for the season, I still don't think you'd feel as bad as Saquon Barkley. Because there's always going to be some replacement-level quarterback out there that you can snag. But... In this league, especially, running backs are very scarce. So, I I don't want to make too much fun of this, but uh, I do find it funny that the uh, the Saquon owner this year also has Austin Eckler after the uh, the infamous Saquon Barkley for Austin Eckler trade last year that won you the league, basically. Oh yeah, Tra- trading Austin Eckler, running back one at the time for. An injured Saquon Barkley after week three. Just steal of a trade. Uh, on Saved by LaBelle's side, another 
insane game from Josh Allen, who is QB2 right now, I would like to point out. Uh, 32 points week one, 42 week two. Uh, granted against two of the easiest teams in the league right now, the Jets and the Dolphins, especially after the Dolphins lost Byron Jones. Uh, I think it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see how it how it goes. I haven't seen too much of Josh Allen, but uh, I, I from what I've heard, he's taking steps and developing a bit, which I, I'm happy to see. I'm happy to be proven wrong on Josh Allen because I was very low on him coming out. I haven't been too high on Josh Allen either. I, From a player's perspective, no. I absolutely love him in fantasy, though. But oh, even yeah. Before, even before these two nuts weeks, I was all over him. Not in dying... Not in Dynasty, because I don't love his long-term outlook, but That's for fair. one year sample size, I love it with the rushing floor. Absolutely. Uh, Devontae Adams having a bit of a down-to-earth week, still managed to be still managing to be wide receiver two after scoring only 5.1 points. Uh, he got injured, didn't he? Hamstring, right? He did. All right, that's... Uh, that's one of the scariest injuries for me. I know it's such a common injury that you see so often on the injury report, but there were, uh, it was one of the big things that, that kind of, if I remember correctly, almost helped end Doug Baldwin's career, that nagging hamstring injury that he could never recover from. Uh, and it's one of those things where if you get it early on, it's going to hurt you the rest of the year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so, one th- one big thing I'm seeing, Gronk putting up no points. He, he was a guy I was staying away from in drafts. Um, Saved by LeBeau's got him. Something I think we might be able to see soon is a potential trade between Saved by LeBeau and uh, Master Chief Russ. Or, sorry, Danny Dollars. With those three With those tight three ends. tight ends, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've also got... Big B. Yeah, Danny Dollars could look to snag... Uh... He could look to snag someone like Le'Veon Bell or Tyler Boyd, uh, people on the bench uh, of Saved by LaBelle right now. I think that could be interesting. Uh, Saved by LaBelle does have Jared Cook on his bench, so that's kind of a, it's a good, decent tight end spot. But if he really wants the upside, I think that's a good point. Mm -hmm. We could see a potential trade there. Yeah, Cook isn't a bad option at all, but I think Danny Dollars could, he would at least be smart to definitely dangle one of those tight ends over Saved by LaBelle. Absolutely. Uh, other than that, Philip Rivers, another not great game. I was staying away from him. I did not like him after last year. Uh, the only QB that's like actually old that I really am down to mess with is uh, is Tom Brady, and that's because he's Tom Brady. Anyone else, I'm I'm too scared to touch a lot of the time in in fantasy football. Father Father Time is undefeated after all, so. I'll I'll take that matchup any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let's see. I think that's that's kind of it. Not a whole lot. Uh, a lot of injuries on the bench of Mayfield of Dreams. Uh, I think yeah. I think he can stabilize if people come back. I know James White was out. Uh, my my heart goes out to him. Uh, lost a family member in a car accident. I believe it was his father. Uh, he stayed out. Uh, his teammates were there for him, uh, saying "Love you, twenty-eight." Uh, as as they scored a touchdown, uh, you love to see that community, and he's a great player. And uh, wishing him the best in this tough time. Absolutely. Uh, so I, ju- I just wanted to get that get that out there before we uh, before we moved on to 
uh, a recap of the free agency signings for this week. So I'm going to go over stuff that happened uh, recently. So Danny Dollars on September 20th dropped Rashad Perriman and picked up Jonu Smith, like I mentioned. Tuesday, September 22nd, Drew Locke Truther dropped both Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. Uh, just kind of those injuries being a bit scary, wanting them off the roster. I can totally understand, especially to free up some spots if you wanted to make a big trade, like trade two top-tier guys for more depth. Uh, so I can understand that. Uh, let's see. Then we had, uh, this is a big trade I think I alluded to earlier. We had Tuesday, September 22nd, Danny Dollars trading Michael Thomas, Matt Ryan, and Raheem Mostert to you repeat season for dalvin cook big ben and tyler lockett so uh, you're you're the one who made this trade uh break down what your reasoning was and kind of any any moves you had to make or any negotiations you had to get this one through because this is a blockbuster if i've ever seen one yeah um so this is kind of like the Saquon for Eckler trade, in a way, just with a lot of extra pieces. So, basically, when I was thinking of this, my main focus was to get the injured Michael Thomas on the, on the low, if possible. Absolutely. And, my obviously, it's Michael Thomas. The big reason, though, the, the playoff schedule. The He's got... Uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and then a championship game matchup against Minnesota. That, that's, that's in. Oh my! I how did I not know that? That's insane. Yeah, that Minnesota game reeks of a thirty-point game for Michael Thomas. Especially and, if, especially in that competitive NFC South, like we don't know. Like I think. I don't want to say any team could win it because I think the Falcons and Panthers are out, but they're going to be they're they're tough. And they could make the Falcons, I think, in particular, could make things maybe interesting for that last wild card spot if things go super well. But even that, just fighting with Tampa Bay for the division, they're going to be going all out week 16. Mm hmm. Um, the other parts, um, I'm not super high on Big Ben. I basically took him because he was, I like, I, I took late QBs because I got Minshew, Big Ben, and Daniel Jones. Mm hmm. And, Basically, I wasn't big on Big Ben, but like he was the best guy available at that point, and I, I thought he was a value, so I took him. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, quote, offload him and get Matt Ryan back. I probably bought Matt Ryan a little bit higher than I should have, or on the high, since he's been so good through two weeks, but I, I was definitely happy to get him. Yeah. And the other part was... Raheem Mostert, another injured player. Sounds like he'll only miss one week, but you never know. Um, and then the other part for me was Tyler Lockett. Init initially, when I actually was kind of spitballing the trade, I was looking at something centering around Dalvin Cook for Raheem Mostert and Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. And I was like trying to think what that second piece I would need to get it done is. Yeah. But then I. Then I decided that I would target Matt Ryan, so I added in the Matt Ryan for a Big Ben swap. Uh, the initial offer I sent to him was this offer, but with Michael Gallup instead of Tyler Lockett. I would have been really happy to do that. 
Like oh, I, if uh, if that had happened, you would have won unequivocally. Like that would have mm-hmm. been a just you win the trade, yeah. full yeah. stop. Uh, so unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. He basically count countered and said, "I'll do it if you include Lockett." So I was going to be willing to do that, but I wanted to try and see if I could get something else instead of possible. So I I tried to weasel some stuff around, get it to like a four for three or a four for four, also involving like uh, CD Lamb on his side or Debo Samuel on my side, but there wasn't anything to be done there. So I just went, I went with his counter. I'm, I'm not as happy with it as my initial offer, but it's still a trade that I'm definitely taking because I love the upside, especially Michael Thomas. I mean, if you ask me, I, I personally think you won the trade. Uh, as the pessimistic Vikings fan, I am lower on Dalvin Cook. Not like in terms of talent, because I think he's a super talented running back. I just think in the game scripts he's going to be in with that offense, it's not great. Uh, Big Ben is good. He is, I've always been historically low on Big Ben. I just haven't liked him as much. I don't have a huge reason why. It's just kind of a an inner feeling sort of thing. Uh, but, and Tyler Lockett, that I guess that was a necessary sacrifice that you had to make. Tyler Lockett is a fantastic fantasy option, but you are getting like the consensus wide receiver one before the season started. And even though he might dip a bit with the way Breeze is playing, he's still Michael Thomas. He's still going to get that volume. You are yeah. getting a quarterback who has a defense that has surrendered over thirty points in back-to-back games and has played and has put up monster stats in both those games. And then you're getting a running back who has like some of the most home run potential I have seen in years in an offense that really wants to run the ball. I think if injuries work out in your favor, I still think you win this trade. Giving up Tyler Lockett hurts, but every other piece, I like every piece you got back, I would be ecstatic to receive if yep. in any trade offer. And like, it's not even unlikely that tyler lockett finishes as a top 10 receiver this year no it's not like even if that happens i it's i don't think that i mean it it depends what happens on both sides but tyler lockett being a top 10 receiver doesn't make it a loss for me and honestly i i think this could help both teams long term like oh i complete i think i I still think it's a good trade yeah, there doesn't have to be a winner and loser. There there could be, like, if if Raheem Mostert's MCL sprain plagues him for the rest of the season, then I'd probably lose it. But, like, and that's just the risk that I took on. That's the same risk that I took on when I uh, traded for Saquon with a high ankle sprain last year. True. I think, it, I think it is one of those things, but my initial reaction is that you did win. Yeah. Uh... yeah. Well, we'll have to see with the injuries thankfully it looks like michael thomas might even play as soon as this week which which would, which would be pretty good uh who's he who does he play this week again green bay green bay oh so that's that's not yeah. an easy matchup yeah and see i i wasn't even i was completely fine with waiting it out two or three weeks for michael thomas to come back mm-hmm. my concern i had no problem waiting my concern was if the injury was something that would plague him for the exactly something that's going to impact his performance 10 weeks down the line even if he's playing exactly judging by the progression he's had so far it doesn't sound like it's going to go that way honestly my big concern was that it was a high ankle sprain since they didn't say anything other than ankle 
mm-hmm. with how he's progressing, I think that's pretty unlikely. Very true. So I think that's pretty good. I think we covered every single piece of that trade in, in good depth. So uh, the next transaction, uh, we're on to September 23rd, which was yesterday, actually. Uh, that trade uh, processed on the 22nd of September, if I didn't mention that. Uh, Drew Locke, Truther, dropped Austin Hooper, kind of disappointing uh, in that Cleveland offense. Not a whole lot of production. Uh, and then on September 23rd as well, there was another big trade that was processed. Saved by LaBelle trading DK Metcalf and J.K. Dobbins to Master Chef Russ for Julian Edelman and Melvin Gordon. Uh, I know we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. You said that uh, Master Chef Russ traded high uh, on Julian Edelman, which I totally agree with. And uh, traded high on Melvin Gordon as well, which I can definitely see. I've I've always been a fan of Melvin Gordon ever since he came into the league. My my hot take on that draft night was that uh, long term Melvin Gordon was going to be a better running back than Todd Gurley. Now, obviously, I thought that in terms of ability, I didn't foresee the injury, but who knows? At this point, that could very well be true. So I'm always happy to be proven right. Uh, giving up J.K. Dobbins, who's I believe split time pretty evenly with. Uh, with uh, Mark Ingram in that backfield, uh, or actually a bit down week two, uh, with the with the closer game than the Cleveland game, uh, and then DK Metcalf, who's wide receiver six right now, two really good games, uh, good amount of targets, deep threat, touchdowns both games. Uh, I think this is just a kind of like a solid trade. I would personally yeah. lean to saved by Labelle winning that, but like I said, I am higher on melvin gordon so that would lean into my analysis but if you if you're not as high or you're higher on dk metcalf then i totally see it this is a this is an this is a good solid trade in my eyes yeah i i don't think there this one as well i don't think there's like a straight up loser exactly I also match chief russ's side because uh just where they're selling them like melvin gordon is also a guy that i really like i think he's like he's the lead back in that backfield even once Lindsay comes back mm-hmm. he was a guy that i loved as like my third running back as a flex option in drafts oh yeah and like i mean he's he's going to get most of the passing work in that backfield he's not i'm not saying he's a bad option at all i'm just saying with him where he is right now and with julian edelman after that week two game i think that must Master Chief Russ is doing a really good job of selling high on two guys. Uh, he's buying DK Metcalf high almost, but like DK Metcalf, I like a lot more than Edelman long term. Oh, like totally fair. And I, I don't think Edelman's going to fall off either. Like he, it, I expect him to be a top twenty fantasy wide receiver for sure. Oh like, yeah, he, I don't think he's in the top ten range, but he's going to be up there. I don't think so. I think he's the top twenty guy that no one wants to take on draft night. But you take him and you get ten points a week every single week. Exactly, and th- and then J.K. Dobbins like during the during drafts, if you were drafting J.K. Dobbins, it was because you were stashing him on your bench for the first half of the season, mm-hmm. not expecting much, and you were expecting him to gain traction that back as the year goes on and be a very good option at the end of the year that's that's why people took jk dobbins yeah and so, this, this is almost I, buying I think, low on jk dobbins yeah, exactly i think this is the cheapest jk dobbins will ever be for but and i mean i we don't know what his career outlook is but 
I would say until the end of his career almost, this is the lowest J.K. Dobbins will ever be valued. I think that's a fair assessment. It's it's still still is kind of funny to me that he went six picks after Mark Ingram. Like, they were that close on draft night. So mm-hmm. whether that's you were lower on Mark Ingram or whoever drafted Mark Ingram was lower on him or people were just higher on J.K. Dobbins remains to be seen. But that was just kind of one of the interesting things, muddying the waters before draft. Yeah. So, I mean... I give advantage to Master Chief for us because I think he got the better value, but I I don't think there's a clear loser here. Oh, I don't think there was a clear loser in, in any other trade. I have the sides that I prefer, but both trades were, I think, solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, we haven't seen many trades in this league yet, but, I mean, those are the, really the only two big ones, but, exactly, I mean, we haven't seen anything that's completely one-sided. No, which and... Is, which is good for the league. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, moving on to a few of the other transactions, we had uh, three more drops on September 23rd. MasterChef Russ dropping Dwayne Haskins, dropping Jalen Rager, and and dropping Tariq Cohen. Uh, All of them not performing too great. Uh, And then we're on to the additions on September 23rd. So, we had TFG adding the Buccaneers defense, dropping the Packers defense, uh, spending $4 on that. Totally fine. Fab for streaming defenses, I think, is solid. Uh, Snuffy the Seal adding LaVisca Chenault and dropping Sterling Shepard with, uh, with I, I believe, the injury to Sterling Shepard. Yeah, he's on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's not what you like to see. Uh, but LaVisca Chenault kind of an ups, uh, bright spot for the Jags, just that playmaker that people thought he would be. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's... Tonight, uh, uh, DJ Chark's been ruled out for tonight, so... Oh, really? He has? Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's not. It doesn't sound like a long-term injury. It sounds like a one-week thing because he was questionable for tonight. Oh yeah. But even just this one week against the Miami defense, if oh, that's gonna be nuts. Blows up tonight. Like, if he goes for a hundred yards and a touchdown, that gives him traction for the rest of the year. Even once Chark comes back, as even if it's as soon as next week. Exactly. Tonight, when he's getting more targets, gives him traction for the rest of the year. Exactly. Uh, the next uh, that was for six dollars, by the way. The next transaction was saved by Labelle dropping Gronk after a, a disappointing few weeks and picking up Jordan Akins for two dollars. Uh, this is interesting. Jordan Akins quietly the tight end thirteen, putting up around ten points in both matchups. Uh, and the the big thing to note here is week one that ten point nine points was because of a touchdown, but week two he scored nine points without any touchdowns. He caught all seven of his targets for fifty five yards. Uh, that's good upside and a solid option in an offense that I th- I truly believe will get going eventually. And that's exactly what he was last year. He was, I think he was a top 12 tight end last year, but he was the guy that no one wanted. I, I think you're thinking of Darren Fells. Was it? Yeah. It, it, it might have been, because I remember Darren Fells at a few... I, yeah. I'm going to Google it, this because I'm not it, too it sure. It may have been Fells. It probably was. But I know there was a Houston tight end. He was... His uh, weekly average was way higher than you would have thought, and no one wanted him. It uh, was like it was spotty, like a three-point game and then a twenty-point game. But oh yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see game logs, career. Let's just take a look here. Uh, yeah, he had a few of those games. Darren Fellows had multiple two-touchdown games last year. Mm, um. But so, yeah, I, I think Jordan Akins is good, especially when yeah. we've seen that from Darren Fells, and uh, Jordan Akins can hopefully replicate that. Yeah. 
and I don't think that's a bad addition at all. I oh, don't, not I don't, at all. I don't want to fault him for it at all, but I see two guys on the waiver wire on the waiver wire right now at tight end that I would prefer. Number one being Dalton Schultz, who just went off against Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it, that tight end role is open. Dallas targets a tight end, and uh, one of the guys in the uh, TFG normal server has he's been hounding. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but Dallas's normal starting tight end that is oh Blake Jarwin. Now. Yes, he was been hounding Blake Jarwin all off season because not because he's that good, but because Dallas is going to feed the tight end targets and exactly just prove that. Mm-hmm. So I I would not be shocked at all if he's a top ten tight end going forward. I'd tend I tend to wanna, agree. I don't want to overreact to the game against Atlanta because it's Atlanta, but oh yeah. But, they were peppering him with targets, like over Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. And the other one I see is Logan Thomas. He's only tight in 18 right now, but I saw something on Twitter actually real shortly before we started recording here. He's leading the league in tight end target percentage. I mean, like, yeah, eight, eight targets week one, nine targets week two. Yeah. Um, I believe it was about 26%. Oh, he had the Lord. highest target share of his team among all tight ends. Travis Kelsey was the only one close at 25. The the only other name that I would potentially keep an eye on, uh, depending on what happens with Jack Doyle, is Mo Ali Cox. Uh, I know the fantasy footballers uh, affectionately affectionately refer to him as Gigantor because if I remember correctly, he's just massive. He's like six seven. He's a basketball player. He's <laughs> and he's, he's with Philip Rivers. Rivers. He's Phil Rivers' new discount Antonio Gates. Dollar store Antonio Gates. And maybe it's just my pessimism as a Vikings fan, but he did that against the Vikings. I mean, yeah, that's you do have to keep an eye on that. I do not want to put that much weight into it because it's the Vikings and the secondary is god awful. True. And for that same reason, I think that um, Jonu Smith is going to go off this week i would agree the uh the next transaction was master chef russ adding daryl henderson for 12 dollars uh i think it's just going to be hot potato with the rams backfield i think we're going to see multiple multiple of them get dropped multiple times kind of like the tampa bay backfield last year where it's mm-hmm. just people are going to be chasing after that hot hand until things settled down uh, I decided to stay away from them. I was considering going after them earlier in the week, and then I took a look at my roster and realized I already had Jared Goff and Robert Woods. And uh, as much as I like the Rams this year, I don't want to start three Rams. That's just not conducive to efficiency. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think 12 could be good. Uh, Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown, I think, were both banged up a little bit last week. So we'll we'll see how uh we'll we'll see what happens with that committee going forward could pay off could not uh it's just one of those Sean McVay committee backfield things uh yeah. next next transaction was uh Snuffy the Seal dropping Matt Breida and picking up Miles Gaskin for a dollar uh Miles Gaskin has been kind of getting the big workload there in Miami he was someone I considered uh didn't want to spend too much on him just cuz I I don't like Miami I think I like, they're better than I thought they'd be, because I thought they would be really bad. Uh, and they've at least hung in there, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just couldn't see it. Yeah, I agree with you there, but, like, I mean, the, 
the guy seems to be the lead back in there, and even if it's Miami, it's a lead back for one dollar. True. I mean, oh yeah, a- absolutely. I think the value is yeah. great, especially yeah. since going up against Buffalo's run defense and New England's run defense, yep. and putting up an average of four point four yards per carry and six point six yards per carry with good receiving numbers. The upside yeah. is absolutely there. Yeah, and Brita has been struggling a bit. Howard seems to only be a short yardage and goal line back for them so far. Like, yep. And Gaskin's getting all the receiving work. Like, once again, we can't see the targets because ESPN's platform is not that good. But he's got ten receptions. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, like, I, I'd be interested to see what happens uh, if Tua comes in. Because, like I said, I I'm not a huge college football guy, but uh, generally we've seen a lot of rookies come in and kind of use that the running back as that safety valve. Uh, and I think at that point, if Tua comes in, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be as aggressive as Ryan Fitzpatrick because who's aggressive yeah. as Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like that's literally what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think that could be really good upside for Miles Gaskin there. Yeah, and, and Tua Tua is not. A guy that runs very much, so he's mm-hmm. not gonna. He's, he's not, not gonna, gonna steal those targets that would normally go to the running back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, moving on. Master Chef Russ adding Mike Gesicki for five dollars. Mike Gesicki having a really good week. Tight end That's six. Terrific ad for five dollars. Yeah, eight receptions, one hundred and thirty yards, and a touchdown on eleven targets. Yep. Oof, that's. Yep, that's monstrous, and I mean we've all we've always known he has the upside, athletic freak, but it's just putting it together, and we're hoping we can finally see that here this year. Yeah, and Mike Gesicki is, I is might just be because I've done a bunch of dynasty leagues with super deep benches mm-hmm. that a lot of guys get drafted, but I'm surprised that Mike Gesicki wasn't drafted. I feel that his fi- his final five or six games last year he was like tight end two. Oh wow! Really? He was he was on a tear at la- the end of last year. I'll, yeah, yeah. As we as we go on here, I'll I'll pull it up. All right. Then the uh, the next transaction was uh was kind of a big one. Made me wonder what year it really was. Mayfield of Dreams dropping Boston Scott uh, to waivers and picking up Adrian Peterson for thirty five dollars. I think yeah. I think this was a necessity ad. And when you lose Saquon Barkley. You, you need you need that replacement and adrian peterson he's gotten a good amount of carries even got some receiving work in week one uh still proving to be kind of like a a force to be reckoned with in that detroit backfield even with carry on johnson and deandre swift so i think it may not work out throughout the whole season but when you need a running back you need a running back yeah my only thing was i'm not big on the price especially considering that was the most spent on any of the guys this week. And oh, we'll yeah. Get to a, we'll get to a couple other guys later. Like, if you're going to spend that kind of money, I would have much preferred it on one of the two big other guys that I, I ended up getting both, actually. But True. And I, I, I also... Number one, Mike Davis. Like, Yeah. I also want to say that, for the record, he was the only one who actually bid on Adrian Peterson. Wow. So feels bad but i also did something similar which we'll get to in a minute so yeah i think that's a good point yeah. uh the other uh something that i'm very happy with was uh 
I dropped Jordan Howard to waivers, picked up Mitch Trubisky for $6, outbidding two people by, uh, like, $1 and $2. So I bought low on Trubisky, but he's he's looked better this year. So I think this could be a good, like, spot by week start QB for me going forward. I was, yeah. I was very happy. I've also... Yeah, I- I'll give a little bit of insight to my strategy here. Uh, everybody bids in increments of five. Like, that's just human nature to make things nice and neat. Uh, so I never do that. I always take that and then go one more. Like, just don't bid in increments of five. That's my pro tip for fantasy football. You'll get a lot more people on waivers. Uh, and I'm not sure, like, how many people do that. I haven't looked at, like, any statistics, but... It just seems to make sense to me. You might miss out on people by a dollar for people trying to just one-up you and go two more, but if you're just kind of throwing an offer out there and you think you might like the guy, if you're going to put an offer out there for five, make it six. What's one dollar difference? Yep. Uh, Drew Locktruther adding Devontae Freeman for $25. This was another uh, another one which I thought was... Maybe a bit high, considering how we saw Devontae Freeman last year. Uh, I still think he is going to attempt to replace Saquon Barkley, and he does have that three-down uh, skill set. He can he can catch, he can run, he can kind of do what you need him to do. It's just a matter of, the, of, is there anything left in the tank? And I'm hoping there is, because I'm a huge Devontae Freeman fan. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, also, 25 is kind of a lot for that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one that you alluded to coming up right here, or the other two that you alluded to kind of right in a row here, you uh, added Mike Davis for $22, dropping Golden Tate, and you added Jarek McKinnon for 18 dropping Latavius Murray, so dropping $40 in one week, but to pick up two very good potential volume options this week. Uh, what was your mindset behind that? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm the lowest guy on Fab now. I'm think I'm sitting at about thirty bucks, which is very atypical for me. Usually, I'm a guy that goes through the first four weeks of the season with only like one ad. But mm-hmm. I decided to be a lot more proactive this year, especially with the trade that I made. Like I thought McKinnon was a must because oh yeah, like, not only can he fill in this week while Mostert's out as well as Coleman, but because Tevin Coleman's on IR. So, yep. I mean, it's Jarrett McKinnon's backfield right now. Jeff Wilson's there as well, but McKinnon put up 10-plus points in the first two weeks with other guys there. So True. And here's like, the thing that I – that oh, sorry. Uh, finish your thought. Let me let me yeah. pull this thing up. Yeah. Um, so not only is he a good option until Mostert comes back, he's – also a uh sort of a handcuff mm-hmm. partially, partially a handcuff but also a guy who could like it's not ideal but like in a desperate situation you put him in your lineup you get like seven or eight points yeah and i mean jarek mckinnon you also have to remember he was he, he was brought in by this exact same team for a very large contract a few off seasons ago, which at the time made him like the fifth highest paid running back. Yeah. I think it was three for twenty one. So I th- I think it was it, more than that. It, it may have been it. I I know they paid him to come. It it, w- yeah. it was 
it was bank if because it says uh, I'm using over the cap. Uh, that's kind of been my go-to for contracts. Uh, let's see. It was uh, thirty million for four years, average per year of seven point five. This was yeah. before the big wave of, like, uh, like the Dalvin Cook, David yeah. Johnson, Lev Bell. It was kind of before that, so the yeah, contracts were a lot lower. But but still, I mean, they they like him there. They brought him back, so yeah. I think there is upside there for him. First of all, right now and going forward. Yeah, and then Mike Davis. I mean. He's the only guy there for the next month or so. Like, mm-hmm. th- and this is the guy. Like, I thought this should have been the highest guy bidded on this week. Like, I'm a, I'm kind of surprised really? that I got him at 22. Like, obviously he's a temporary fix because mm-hmm. McCaffrey's going to come back and take his role right away. But oh, for sure. Like, like you're kind of iffy because like it is Carolina's offense and it is Mike Davis, but he's the only guy there. Like, he will probably be getting, like, 16 to 20 touches for the next month. So, yep. like, like you just plug him in for the next month. Like, yeah, uh, I... Devonta Freeman probably has the best long-term outlook out of anyone that was picked up this week because yeah. it'll probably take him a few weeks to get into the offense. But once he gets acclimated and, mm-hmm. like, back in shape, like, he could legitimately be, like, a solid RB2 option. If, True. He, and, if he ends up getting the majority of the touches. And it's also the same thing as uh, the Todd Gurley signing. Like, if you get... The Falcons were banking on getting old Todd Gurley, and I don't think they did. But if the Giants are banking on getting old Devontae Freeman, and they do, this could be a huge steal. Yeah. The other the yeah. other thing I want to point out on, uh, on Mike Davis is uh, the ESPN percent rostered is now at 71.2%, an increase of 70.3%. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, also I'm, I'm the the outlook also says. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm surprised it's not higher. Oh, fair. Uh, the week three projection uh, that blurb that ESPN has is making me regret one of my earlier drops of. Uh, he could potentially share backfield duties with Curtis Samuel. Wow. Uh, who is who's someone I dropped? But uh, the other thing I want the other thing I want to note is uh Mike Davis in I don't know how long he played. Like I said, I I didn't get the game. Uh, I mean, he had one carry for one yard. We can probably disregard that. But he had eight receptions for 74 yards. Yeah, I... Like, that's a that's a lot. That's that's a great wide receiver stat line. Yeah. So, I think that's big. It. I'm just going to throw out one thing here because I might talk about it more in a, a future episode of the podcast. But one thing I've always kind of considered... And really wondered how it would turn out is if like call up uh i think chicago has them right now call up chicago like a conditional like late round pick for cordero patterson and try him at running back because mm-hmm. new england did that a few years ago and it worked really well like yeah. lining them up traditional running back like in the backfield before the handoff staying stationary like in traditional running back uh position but no one else has seemed to do that and he's a player that i've always liked i thought the vikings should have kept him i think it's worth it having that truly just even beyond elite uh kick returner i think that is worth something i think that is worth a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, i I completely agree with you from a football stance but i kind of i know it would only be a conditional late round pick but like 
does it matter for Carolina? Like, maybe two years down the line, if they still have him, yeah. But like, oh yeah, but he's not really a value to them right now. If you know what I mean. Oh, I I apologize. I was trying I was trying to talk about like in the in the Giants should have done that potentially. Oh, okay. I got. I thought I thought we were still talking about Carolina because of my. Oh teams. no. I, I also think he'd be interesting in Carolina just because it's like he's so versatile and that kind of fits what they're doing where like Curtis Samuel and him on the field, like both of them could line up at running back, just like trade for LaVisca Chenault and have a positionless offense. Make it basketball. Yeah. And I, I did check on Gusecki, by the way. He was tied in five for the final six weeks of last year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, the next transaction is MasterChef Russ adding Russell Gage for $8. This is someone uh, I was I was looking at, but I already had Julio, so I, I didn't really go for it. Uh, and, I mean, he, he could have been a handcuff, but I don't know. I, I, I just felt fine at wide receiver. I, I almost think I have—I don't want to say too many because injuries can happen at any time, but— uh. But yeah, I, I just thought it was I thought it was a solid pickup for eight dollars, especially with how he's played. Yeah, and I was actually considering the same thing with a handcuff because I put in a bit of six dollars for him mm-hmm. and didn't end up getting him. I wouldn't have anyway because Golden Tate and Latavius Murray were the two players I was looking to drop, and I had already gotten two acquisitions. Yeah, so I put in like seven or eight total waiver claims, but it was only dropping two different players on my team. It was basically to cover my bases, so if I didn't get my top guys, I'd still get my other ones. Yeah. But, like, if I hadn't gotten one of those guys, I would have been really happy getting Russell Gage as mm-hmm. a semi-handcuff for Calvin Ridley, and a guy who I could even play with Calvin Ridley in the lineup if Julio ended up getting hurt. Oh, exactly. So, those were the uh, the waivers that processed on September 23rd. I just want to go over the offer report real quick. Uh, so most money spent, Mayfield Dreams 35 on AP, Drew Locke Truth or 25 on Devontae Freeman. There were a lot of bids on Mike Davis. Uh, I'm taking a look. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, uh, four bids on him from, uh, four distinct bids. I believe you had two, uh, but like you said, targeting the same player, but dropping different people. So kind of ignoring that, but, uh, a lot of bids in the 20s. Uh, Master Chef Russ and TFG both bidding 20. Uh, Drew Lock Truth are bidding 15. Uh, definitely, like you said, definitely a big a big target there. There were a few bids on Russell Gage, 5, 6. Uh, just like decent bids there. Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think you were the only one who actually bid on him from the look of this, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. I'm very surprised about that because wow. I mean, he, he, he has the starting job this week, maybe next week as well. But, mm-hmm. like, he scored 10 points in both games. I honestly don't understand that. Exactly. Uh, Daryl Henderson was bid on uh, actually only by one person, I think. Another running back with a big week uh, only bid on by one person. Him I can understand a little bit more just because you do have that committee uncertainty. Uh, but still, you know, pay pay what you want to get your guy. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, a few bids. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, a few bids. I was lucky enough to come out on top. I uh, beat I beat you who bid four. I didn't know you were one of the people who bid on him. Yeah. He, well, then, he uh, was another guy that I wouldn't have gotten anyway since I got my top two. 
Oh yeah, and then Drew Lock Truth are bidding five as well. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, and Truth he was a good ad, like he's QB thirteen right now. Oh yeah. And, and I mean he's got the rushing I don't want to say like a ton of rushing upside, but like yeah. a low end rushing upside. Yeah. And like worst case scenario, he starts having a bad couple weeks and you drop him pick back up like Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Fitzpatrick or something. Like Exactly. It's like it's very unlikely that all those QBs get scooped up by the time that Mitch Trubisky is bad, if he is bad later yeah. on in the season. So it's it's almost a no risk move. But really, all all if he makes it to week nine without an awful performance, or makes it through week nine without an awful performance, he's done his job. Because if all else works, Stafford or Jared Goff will be my starters unless I make a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the waivers that process today. We have Drew Lock Truther adding Chase Claypool for two dollars. I think that's kind of a kind of an interesting, interesting add. Uh, three receptions for eighty-eight yards and a touchdown on three targets. Uh, maybe not the highest volume, but definitely the upside of a of a big play guy. Yeah, maybe not a guy that you're gonna start like even on a bye week, but more of an upside play, like like an upside stash play, yeah. Yeah, and especially if either Deontay Johnson or Juju were to get hurt. Oh, true. And I mean, like for two dollars, come on, you yeah. take you take those upside shots. Yeah, yeah uh, like he, that's a guy that you put on your bench, stash him in like your second to last or last spot. Exactly. Uh, the next transaction I'm going to save for last because I'm hyped about that. Uh, so Drew Lock Truther adding Dion Lewis and dropping Tony Pollard for a dollar, kind of making the uh making a bit of an upside play with Devontae Freeman coming in and maybe not fully under uh getting caught up to speed in week one I think that's a I think that's a solid ad potentially maybe not like the best thing ever Mm -hmm. but who knows I mean he's he's been historically he's gotten he's been a good receiving back so we'll see I think that's kind of a kind of a low risk acquisition for a dollar Mayfield yeah. of Dreams dropping Saquon Bar- uh, Saquon Barkley and adding Jeff Wilson uh, for a dollar. I think another good upside play, given yeah. that uh, with all those injuries to San Francisco's backfield, uh, Jarek McKinnon was definitely the big name. Jeff Wilson is another upside guy that you could be chasing. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Wilson's probably not a guy that will get long term use like McKinnon, but like at least for this week, like he's definitely an option. Which is really what I think. Uh, what Lions and Mayfield of Dreams uh, is kind of going for there. He's really going for just the I gotta survive because yeah, you've yeah get, he needs you're, he you're, needs me to help. Yeah, he's down to one like true starting running back, and that's Eckler. Yeah. Uh, Drew Lock, truth there, adding Drew Lock back for a dollar. Uh, I can totally understand that dropping things just to make your mindset a little bit easier. I did that a lot last year, like dropping people, adding them back for a dollar. Uh, I think it was Peyton Barber. I did that with mostly for me, but uh, yeah. And then the uh, the big transaction of today was I added Justin Herbert and dropped Teddy Bridgewater, and I added Justin Herbert for twenty eight dollars. So I feel like I got to explain myself on this one. Because, I mean, he was not projected to be the starter. Uh, But, I mean, first of all, Tyrod Taylor has a punctured lung. Like, that sounds terrible. I 
don't know how long it takes to recover from a punctured lung. I haven't looked into that. But at the same time, Justin Herbert looked... He, I'll say it, he looked pretty good to me. And I know I'm not the best at QB evaluation and all that sort of stuff, but he, he looked respectable enough. And I think he kind of helped open up that Chargers offense, adds kind of a fear factor where he can make all those throws. He can, like... Uh, escape maybe a little bit more than Tyrod. He he has upside in my eyes, and at the same time, he took Kansas City to overtime. I mean, he kind of put them there with that awful interception, but still, I I would be hard pressed to bench him. So, I was the only one who bid on Justin Herbert. I got the news last night and made the bet. Or made the bid for me it was kind of a go big or go home i would much rather yeah. be early on the justin herbert train than late because if i'm late i don't get him mm-hmm. so I, i'm not a huge fan of it like i actually like teddy over herbert mm-hmm. over the course of the season but it's it's not like a runaway or anything i'm i'm definitely not going to fault you for preferring herbert over him i'm I'm just a bit iffy on the price. Like, I mean, considering that obviously was... the news came out yesterday, but no one bid anything on him the day before. I think it was, I think it was pretty safe that you could have done something in the teens. Like, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, for but, sure. But considering what we've seen with bids so far, and the other quarterbacks that are decent that are still on the waiver wire, like Ryan Fitzpatrick's still a good QB option. True. Like, even even though he could get benched as soon as this week, honestly, like he's a guy that you can plug and play and it won't kill you. Yeah, for so, sure. I just kind of, I was chasing upside. Yeah. I, I also thought like, I don't know. I, I was, I was fiddling around with a few bit, uh, a few bids and I know no one bid on him the day before I, I had checked the, uh, the offer report for that. But the interesting thing to me was, like the, I think the news only broke last night that he was like officially named the starter for this week. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my, I thought people were holding off because he wasn't officially the starter and there was that uncertainty. But I figured yeah. I want to be on top of it and I want to be early. And it probably was an overpay. In order to actually live up to this price, he would have to be Minshew from last year, which is a streamable quarterback option. Mm-hmm. And it remains to be seen if he can get there. I I certainly hope he is. He's on my team. Uh, and I hope he is for Chargers fans. I hope... I think that team is... I personally think the Chargers are insane. They look they look good. That defense is much better than I expected. Because uh, I thought the Derwin James injury... I don't. I didn't think it would be the end of the world. But those corner, that cornerback trio is... Scary. Super scary. So... I don't know. I just... I saw him, I took a chance, and this is... I've still got, like, 55 yeah. in Fab left. It's not like yeah. I crippled myself. I mean, oh, definitely not. Like, overspending Fab is not even remotely close to the level of, like, making a bad trade. So, like... Oh, exactly. Like, it's not it's not really something that hurts you unless you have, like, a late-season injury or something and end up running out or whatever. Exactly, but, and especially with the rest of my roster, I have, I, I feel like I've been on record enough that I love my team. I think my team 
I legitimately believe it can weather injuries due to the fact that I have handcuffs, I have backups, I've got insane wide receiver depth now that I look at it. Like, I would be comfortable starting any of my wide receivers on any given week. Yeah, that's exactly where I am. Like, typically I'm a guy that plays a long game, and I'm like, if my team makes playoffs, it's going to be really good for playoffs, and if I don't, then oh well. Mm -hmm. Playing the long game, but like, if I see a guy like Mike Davis that is startable for the next month, then I, I get him. Yep. So like, Ham and McKinnon are good short short term options. Most it's the long term option that I want. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I think that covers all the acquisitions. Uh, I know we're we're going a bit longer than I anticipated, but I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying this. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to launch into power rankings whenever you are. Yep, I'm good to go. All right, so I do not have any power ranking list in front of me. Everything that I'm going to say is completely off the bat. However, there is one team that I've I've known was going to be in the last spot, and I apologize, Lions, but Mayfield of Dreams is going to be in the 10 slot for my power rankings. It is not his fault. Oh, no. I. It's absolutely he not. not. Bad team. It is... This is 95% luck. And here, here's the thing. If Saquon Barkley does not get injured, he is not in the 10 slot. Because Definitely. he has A.J. Brown potentially coming back. He has George Kittle coming back. And that means he has, like, T.J. Hawkinson and Jeff Wilson on his bench. And those are, like, good, solid bench options. At least for the recent future... or the. Uh, the immediate future for Jeff Wilson. And then you've got Saquon and Austin Eckler. That team is solid. It's If you just list it off, it sounds good. Like Baker, Saquon, Eckler, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup, uh, George Kittle, Marvin Jones, Drew Brees, Ravens defense. That's that's a good. That's a solid team. But without without Saquon. This is what happens if you draft number two and you lose your guy, this is what happens. It's it's just unfortunate. And I have to say, as the uh, as the David Johnson owner last year, Lions, uh, I feel for you. Uh, but I made a run with my team last year, wow, and I, I was, was not hurt. Aware of that. What? I was not aware of that. That I was the David Johnson owner last year? No. No, you did very well for yourself. Yeah, no, that. I finished fourth. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to Mike Evans and Daniel Jones for literally carrying me with two insane, like, back-to-back weeks. Uh, and that's the only reason I made the playoffs. But, yeah, I no, last year I lost. I made a bad overreaction trade because I got QB screwed in the draft, and I traded away Mark Ingram. I bought way too high on Jacoby Brissett and lost Derek Carr. I lost Robert Woods, I think, in that trade as well, just because Derek Carr was having a bad season, and I panicked. That sounds rough. And I lost David Johnson and on Johnson, and I still made the yeah. playoffs. So, And honestly, with looking at the rest of his roster, I still think he can make the playoffs. If he can if he can just keep up a solid trade, and not to mention, he still has James White. James White could still yeah. do things as, a, as an RB2. Yeah, it's a bit unfortunate it's not full PPR for him there. I would like... agree, especially with Eckler. If it was full PPR, you've got Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, yeah. Eckler. Like, sign me yeah. up. Wow. Like, if <laughs> apart from A.J. Brown, this team is, like, 
this team would be way better in full PPR. True. Which is not knocking, which is not knocking it at all right now. Exactly. It's just an observation. Yeah, so uh, kind of. Ha- uh, I think we're both in agreement on the 10 slot here, but both also in agreement that it is no fault of his own, and he drafted a great team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give your number nine while I kind of just look through the rest of the rosters here to kind of help make up my mind? So my number nine is Snuffy the Seal, and honestly, like we're in week two, every team can still make the playoffs. I, I don't even dislike this roster. Like I, I, I like every other roster. It's just this one felt the weakest to me. I w- I would tend to agree. That's kind of where I was leaning beforehand. Yeah. Uh, look, looking over his team, I think he's got. I, I still also love his roster. Yeah, yeah, and like honestly, part of it was the zero and two hole that he's in. You, like, it's not just roster. You have to take into the record a little bit. Like, true, true. Like because you do have that hole to climb out of now. Yeah, for and, sure. And I know that he's he faced me week one, scoring like one sixty. Faced TFG scoring one ninety last week. Like yeah, like two rough losses. Yeah, but like, I mean, Watson Rogers is a good QB core. Clyde's a great RB one. I think. I think he's going to finish as a top five running back still. Mm-hmm. That remains to be seen. But I mean, I'm super high on him. Uh, yeah, Chris for Dawkins sure. Is wide receiver one. No offense, is tight end. After that is when you start to get some questions. Like DJ Moore, I actually like as wide receiver two, and then he's got he's actually got a really good plethora of depth wide receivers like you get chris godwin dj moore as your duo and then marquise brown deontay johnson lavisca chanel and robbie anderson with the fast start like, yeah and preston williams as well receiver. honestly the th- part that really got me here was running back to like i i would i would tend to agree and i've got miles gaskin in there right now yeah david and... johnson's on the bench but and like, even I'm if you move so David Johnson up, like I, that's that's something I should make clear is I'm evaluating these rosters, and I'm assuming you are as well. Just like if we think that someone is currently in a position they shouldn't be, like I think we both agree that David Johnson is would generally be the ideal RB two, and Miles Gaskin would be on the bench in an ideal world. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm evaluating it. Uh, just kind of like the i quote unquote ideal lineup. Yeah, and like it's worth mentioning, I ranked these teams in like three minutes as we were preparing for the oh, yeah. podcast. So it's it's kind of scuffed, but like I, I don't dislike any team other than Lions right now. And the only reason I dislike his is because of Barkley. Yeah, uh, just just another quick Barkley. note on Snuffy the Seal. Uh, I think he can absolutely climb out of this O2 hole quickly. I mean, Deshaun Watson has not been an ideal QB and that's because he's played Kansas city in a, just a bad game on Thursday night. Uh, and then he played, uh, who was it? Why am I blanking? It was just last week. Uh, he played Baltimore. So he's played like two of the best teams in the NFL back to back. So I, I think he can absolutely climb out of it and I'm still super high on David Johnson, but just remains to be seen i think with his quarterbacks he can absolutely climb out of this o2 hole and get back into contention Mm -hmm. and 
Um, number nine, if you're ready to move. Oh yeah, no, uh, number eight. Oh yes, I've, I apologize. Yeah, I actually I have my have... number eight ready, ready to go. All right, you can actually take it from here. All right, so this is a little bit of an interesting one, given uh, given the position. But I actually think that Saved by LaBelle is my number eight, even though he's 2-0. That is exactly what I have written down. It, it was between him and another team, but when I look at this team, I see Josh Allen and I see Alvin Kamara, and I just think that's a fantasy foundation. So he's got the foundation down, and he's got Devontae Adams, yeah. and he's got one of the best defenses in the Bears. He's got a serviceable tight end in Jared Cook. Uh, but then I, I look beyond that a little further, and the thing that really scares me is his wide receivers beyond Devontae Adams, and potentially even including Devontae Adams, depending on how that injury goes. Yeah. DJ Chark is out, as we mentioned earlier. Tyler Boyd, I mean, he has Joe Burrow as a quarterback, so that's a plus. But he's still competing with another relatively deep wide receiving core there with uh, with T. Higgins, John Ross, uh, I believe Auden Tate, if I'm if I'm remembering that right. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, like Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Miller, Julian Edelman, these are, these are people with upside, but still they all they do all have questions next to them. And yeah. Ju- uh, yeah. And Melvin Gordon and Julian Edelman are kind of hidden at the bottom of his bench right now because oh, of due trade. to the trade. Yeah. Yes, but I, I mean honestly, I see Josh Allen, Kamara, and Adams, and that's that's a terrific core. But after that, I'm. I'm not too big on it because Melvin Gordon's a guy I really like as an RB three. If you have two really good RB, like an R- RB one and two that are a really solid duo, mm-hmm. I don't love him that much as an RB two, especially when it's like him and Gurley. Because like Gurley's a guy I'm just out on this season. I would agree. I was out on Gurley as well, uh, and that's that's one of the big issues. Is like yeah. you've got Melvin Gordon, you got Kamara, you got Gurley, but after that, it's Devin Singletary who's splitting time with Zach Moss. And Lev Bell, who's on IR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lev Bell, we I, we remember he was an accidental pick in the yeah. third round. But like, and obviously that sucks. But now that he's on the team, we have to evaluate it for what it is. And true, even even with Lev Bell, I'm not a fan of this running back room because like, Kamara's true. great, and then it's like three guys that are like rb3s for me and i i I would have to say that if he had like a killer wide receiving core i think this team would be in the top half yeah but i i just think yeah i I think it's a bit unfortunate uh i do have to give him credit once again i'm gonna keep doing this kind of all season long because i think it's important and it's something that i know i wouldn't be able to do he did not tilt after selecting Le'Veon bell he just he kept on drafting and he drafted a solid team yeah if he still had a DK and J.K. Dobbins, I'd probably have him a spot or two higher, honestly. I and don't think again, I would. Once again, I, I don't think he lost that trade, but I Agreed. think I think I don't think it was a bad trade, but I think but I like the other side of it more. I agree. Alright, so I'm ready to move on to number seven. Yeah. Uh you can go ahead for this one. We can kinda alternate going back and forth. Alright. Uh, Drew Lock Truther is my number seven. 
I it was between him and Saved by LaBelle for my number eight. So Drew Lock Truther right. also comes in at seven. All right. I awesome. think I, I, I think for me, he has when I look at his roster, the first word that comes to mind is upside. He drafted Cortland Sutton. He drafted Drew Locke. He went with those Broncos who had a ton of upside. He has Jerry Judy. The one thing that I have to give him, no matter what, is he might actually have the best running back duo in the league. Best trio. A tr- oh, yeah, trio. Excuse yeah. Oh, 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 for sure, best trio. But Could legitimately have three top ten running backs by the end of the year. The, the only other running back duos that I think could even touch him are Danny Dollars with Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Uh, and I, I'm only counting healthy running backs right now, so there are other teams that might make that might make it there eventually, but right now I just can't give it to them. Uh, and then Jack Barr with Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. Those are those are the only two that come close in my eyes. Chris Carson's not a guy I'm big on, so it's between it's between uh Danny Dollars and this this duo for me fair enough i'm higher on him i think i explained in one of the earlier episodes like yeah soft tissue versus bone but yeah yeah and it's not it's not even uh it's not even injuries for me i just i I, i'm usually really good about not doing like my own opinion of a player versus fantasy like josh allen's a big example of that i love him fantasy even though i don't think he's that good oh yeah like but chris carson's a guy i that I don't think is that good as a player that I just can't get on board with in fantasy. Totally and fair. Honestly, a lot of it is just a feeling that I really couldn't like explain, but I got that. Yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, but getting back to Drew Locke truther, uh, I think he's got a fantastic running back duo. Uh, he got a great quarterback with Cam Newton, taking him late, taking that shot. And he looks good. He looks really good. Yes. He he has gotten the biggest... He's had some things that have hurt him. Like, obviously, Sutton, I think, was his fourth rounder and is out for the season. Yep. If you, if you take out the negative and just look at the boosts from draft, I think he has the most. Cam yeah. Newton, QB5, he was drafted... He was probably, like, around 20th QB off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Taylor is almost a lock for a top 10 running back right now yeah the lone the lone actual like runner in indy mm-hmm. and uh jerry judy obviously he lost sudden but jerry judy's the wide receiver one there now yeah and then i also want to say that josh jacobs is someone that i was super high on before the draft honestly if i was like pick five josh jacobs might have been my pick mm-hmm. I, I i was that high on him yeah. uh but getting him at getting him at ten, like thank uh, he did get pushed down by uh, both Lamar and uh, Mahomes going in round one. But getting him at getting him at ten, I think is going to be a great value. Yeah, and like it wouldn't shock me if this it wouldn't shock me at all if this team makes the final. Like oh, it wouldn't shock me either. That that's the thing about this league that I am I'm super happy with this year especially is. I, I can legitimately see every team, even Lions, uh, with Mayfield yeah. of Dreams there. I can see every team making the playoffs. Yeah. And even the championship. Mm-hmm. And, like, Lions, I'm pretty iffy on, honestly, just because it's such a tough blow to come back from. I mean, but yeah. After, 
like there's a tier gap between like seven and eight for me like i think this is a step up from the next one i i I would say or bad but like i i would say my tier gap is after this my my tier gaps between seven and six yeah and the only the only thing i don't like about this is bench is kind of rough like he's got the upside in devonta freeman and deon lewis together with the new york backfield yeah hopefully for him for his sake um devonta freeman ends up being like a workhorse there and it's not like a split where freeman gets 10 carry 10 touches and deon lewis gets 10 touches because that basically makes them both like flex plays at best Mm -hmm. you want you want one of them to get all the volume and then the other is backup for injury i'd agree Ayuk, I actually like a lot. He's just been hurt so far. We'll see how that goes. And then Akers is in that mess of a Rams backfield that's going to, that seemingly is going to have a different guy have 20 points every week. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to move on to number six. And I think, I actually don't know who I'm going with. So you, you can go with this one again, I think. I actually have you at number six. You have me at number six. I do. I totally understand that uh i have a different person at six so why don't you go ahead and give uh your opinion on my team real quick um i i actually this i actually kind of agree with you going back now to the tier gap like i don't it's hard to make like so many but i'd almost put tier gap below and above you or i'm i'm sorry below and above a drew lock truther i i can i I can get behind that yeah yeah, because I I actually like your I like your team a lot. Like, this was probably one of my favorite ones coming out of the draft. Agree. But I think it's aged a little bad. Like, as far as my takes on individual players, it it has like, aged poorly. Like, I loved Stafford coming out of the draft. Obviously, he hasn't had to go get or Kenny Galladay. Yeah. So hopefully, he comes back from that and bounces back. But yep. he hasn't looked anywhere near what I expected from him. And the same with Kenyon Drake. Like, I wasn't one of the big guys that was like Kenyon Drake's a top ten running back, but oh, exactly. I, I expected him to be like a top end running back too. Yeah, and that that's uh, just jumping back to the draft a little bit. That's why I didn't take him in round two. I yeah. that's that's why I went Julio because I knew like I also figured that I was just not going to get Julio in round three, but I might get Drake. And even if I didn't get Drake, oh. I could go another top end wide receiver and then just load up on like rb3s so i always have a consistent backfield but yeah i i will agree i think i have aged i'm not coming in too much higher than six uh i'll be honest i think not to spoil where i am but uh, i'm coming up pretty soon my six is i'm gonna have to do some explaining on this one uh but i think it's in a similar situation to to me where I've just like I've I've been O two, and I had a bad week last week, but I've also gone up against two good teams who scored like one sixty plus. I think I both think weeks we have the same person. My my number six is Jack Bar. All right, Jack Bar is my number five. That's fair. So going off a little bit here uh, for Jack Bar, I look at his starting lineup. And it's just it's just all gas. It is it's yeah. Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Tyreek Hill, 
Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Zach Ertz, Mike Williams, Tom Brady, and the Seahawks defense. Like, hello, that's a championship starting lineup. Yeah. If, I, if I've ever seen it, just fully, fully honest. Maybe you want a better wide receiver three than Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis Landry's mm-hmm. still good. And Mike like, Williams, hopefully he keeps improving and maybe he gets more chemistry with Justin Herbert. The thing that scares me is the bench. Yeah. I, I think and... this is one of the roughest benches in the league right now. Just with, with Zach Moss still being split time and st- not having that explosive week yet. Henry Ruggs is in a good spot. Justin Jefferson's in that Minnesota offense. Sam Darnold has had rough games. Ronald Jones, uh, I mean, he's just kind of having a Ronald Jones type year. Naheem Hines is currently, I mean, he had that insane week one, but a super quiet week two. And then Benny Snell, uh, I mean, he had a, he had that insane week one, but James Conner came back and he was super quiet. So that's yeah. that's it. Just kind of scares me. Yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at this starting lineup. I'm like, this starting lineup is fantastic. Last year, like, if you take a look I, at the number I, one at of yeah. at all of his positions at tight end, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, he could have like legitimately even this year he could have the QB yeah. one, the RB one, the wide receiver one, and the tight end one, and I would not be surprised. Yeah, and the the only. I, I like it a lot. Like, I mean, I have it at five, so... Yeah. But, like, the things I see... Keenan Allen, one, he should get helped now that Herbert's in. Yep. Because Herbert's going to target him more. And, and let's hope see. Herbert stays the starter. Yeah. Yeah. But just like just for purely Allen football purposes. Landry, those two stick out to me as, like... Obviously, we're only two weeks in, so you don't want to overreact. Right. But, like, those two guys last year were, like... They were both top 20 last year. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen was top 10 uh, and Zach Ertz was like tight end 3 last year Yeah. so like those 3 guys stand out as like holy crap last year so we'll, we'll see if each of them have had some rough starts for various reasons but we'll see what mm-hmm. goes on with them versus the year yep. I, I, I agree with you on the bench like Ronald Jones is iffy because obviously Fournette had the 2 big runs last week Yep. Uh, Jefferson's just kind of gross now, just because he's in the Minnesota offense, and he's not even really getting used. Mm-hmm. Like Zach Zach Moss is the one that sticks out to me that I like on the bench, and then Henry Ruggs I like as well, but he's injured. So true. Oh, that, wait, he is. That I did yeah, not know. I I don't know what it is. Knee and hamstring. Oh, so, all right. Like, That's scary. He's a deep be, threat. Yeah. Yeah, like, Ruggs is a guy I actually liked a lot, but, like, if that nags him all of his rookie year, then that's that's going to hurt. I would agree. Because, uh, like, he, he's a guy I thought could, like, not super likely, but, like, he legitimately could have been, like, a top 20 wide receiver. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got the speed for it. And then, just, just moving on a little bit, I, I do, you had Jack Barr at your number five, and he was my number six. Uh, you had me at number six. I'm at my own number five. Uh, and I swear to God, this is not just like bias and confidence in myself. I just think that I have a good team. I need. Mm-hmm. There's a few things that I personally have issues with. Uh, I would love a fourth wide, a uh, fourth running back, just because currently my fourth running back is Chase Edmonds, and that's not ideal. He's a great handcuff to Kenyon Drake, 
but as like a, as a bye week it's a bit rough right now uh wide receivers julio and robert woods are locked in for me kind of all season long uh minus yeah. bye weeks obviously tight end i think darren waller is great i'm even fine with my Stafford quarterbacks like stafford's not great but jared goff has been good this year yeah we'll we'll have to see with the quarterbacks like goff has been goff has looked really good but they they're doing like I think the Rams have the highest run rate in the league right now, which kind of hurts for his fantasy output. True. But I also but want to give a shout-out to Robert that. Woods for contributing to that because he also uh-huh. takes handoffs. Yes. So we'll see if Matthew Stafford can bounce back to what me and I'm assuming you thought he would be preseason. I mean, I took him at QB5. I would hope he bounced back to what I thought he'd be. Yes. <laughs> and, like, Kelly... Kelly is like not a guy you'd think as flex, but like he's legitimately a good option. He, I mean, he's he's the RB twenty one. He's an RB two right yeah. now, or technically yeah. RB three in a ten person league. But yeah, like, and it's not like he's he had balance. bad production either. Like no, he got twelve carries it, week one, and he got twenty three last week. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's Josh Kelly. It doesn't sound like. It doesn't sound good as your flex, but, like, it is. Fun fact, uh, for the longest time, I thought that the Chargers actually acquired John Kelly, that former Rams, like, fifth-round pick. So, uh, yeah, goes yeah, to show how much I follow college football look, and, like, draft it prospects. Like, it looks like so far, so we both got the same 10 and 9, and then our 7 and 8 and 5 and 6 are just flipped. Yeah. And then now we're coming into the uh, we're coming into the top four here, and I think if anyone looked at this league, I think they would agree. Uh, who is your number four? My number four is myself. Really? All right, that's interesting. And I'm curious to see where you have me, but um, I did factor in my current injuries into it part of the way because which is I fair did just, i did just take on an injured michael thomas i did just take on an injured raheem mostert and debo samuel still on ir so like that's almost half my bench that is currently occupied by injured players and two of them are guys that should be in the starting lineup mm-hmm. so i factored in that a decent amount and then the other part might have just been negative bias like i don't want it like I almost want to fault myself more than I should, if that makes sense. I don't I, know. If I get that. I don't know if that's actually the case or not. Like, depending what other people think and how affected, how much the injuries matter for this. But like, if if I am to, if I did put myself too low, that that's definitely a factor. Mm-hmm. But I I do not have you at number four. Yeah. I I have you higher because. Even though you are dealing with injuries, I still think your team outside of that is really solid. You have two great quarterbacks in Minshew and Ryan who are going to be facing passing game scripts a lot. You've got just a ridiculous wide receiving core of Mike Elvins, Calvin Ridley, and Michael Gallup as your starters. Not to mention uh, like Debo and Michael Thomas who are, are unfortunate. Wow, you only have three healthy wide receivers. I just noticed that. Yeah, like give me it once they're healthy give me a better option than michael thomas mike evans and calvin ridley i legitimately don't think i can 
And and then the big thing that is my kind of thing, the playoff matchups are just moi. That's like, true. I'm going right? to I think for next week in my updated power rankings, it's going to focus more in on matchups and things like that, but for now I'm kind of going a lot on mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, yeah. Just cuz this is this is off the cuff. In. Yeah, I didn't want to factor those in cuz they're power rankings, but it yeah. is something that I'm focusing on when building the team because we already we already mentioned Michael Evans' uh, playoff schedule earlier in the trade. Yep. Mike Evans has Mike Evans is literally the easiest playoff matchups for a wide receiver I've seen in my entire life. He has Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit. Yeah, and I mean when you're when you're facing like what he's probably going to be playing I don't know Jeff Okuda or Desmond Trufant if they fought, if they shadow him uh, when they play Detroit, and like yeah. that's that's not bad. That's that's your that's your hardest matchup. Mm-hmm. And so, then uh, I think that's solid. I think Ridley, that's super Ridley solid. Isn't bad at all. Like I like, I I am expecting regression from Ridley though. He can't keep this oh, pace yeah. up. He's not wide receiver one. As the like, Julio Jones owner, I am praying I, to any yeah. deity out there that he cannot keep this up. But I don't think even even if you take out the first two weeks, I don't think it's unrealistic for him to finish top ten the rest of the year. Oh no, absolutely. He was number twelve last year when he got hurt. Yeah, he's he's a great, a great, great player. Yeah, and even his matchups, like he's got the Chargers week fourteen, which is not ideal but hopefully for my sake i have a buy then true and th- and then he's got tampa bay and kc for the last two weeks so like yep there's there's playoff matchups for receivers are just like they make me drool yeah all right so i think i'm uh i think i'm gonna go i'm trying to decide my number four here and then i'm gonna after this, I'm going to hit pause on the recording, and we're going to do the last one in a separate section. I just need, a, like, two or like two to five minutes to rest my throat, because it is killing me. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of water, and that's helping, but I think my number four is actually going to be TFG. Which is... It's definitely another... Like, you look at the starting lineup nuts mm-hmm. and it's not even that the bench is bad the bench is yeah. even solid i just TFG think is my three by the way so like that's a all right that's that's good to know so we're not yeah, too far like off on that like like i might as well throw it out there now since we're moving on to number three next anyway so yeah. like true i just think yeah i it, i don't know i'm just something about it like mm-hmm. I see, I see a lot McCaffrey, of... Sorry, go it, ahead. It, sorry. If he has McCaffrey healthy right now, he is probably one for me. I would not so even I, go there. But, like, I, I... I think that there is a team that I like a lot uh, right now. He's he's two, at least. Like Oh, yeah, he's two. Number if if McCaffrey's healthy, me, he's two. Number one stands out for me, but it'd probably Same be for between me. 10 and two. And, uh, I mean... If I'm healthy, I put myself at one, but like That's obviously fair. I it's my team, so I love it because I made it I literally drafted and trade for players that I love. But True. I mean that that's the kind of thing that happens when Yeah. So but, like man. 
Yeah, like, like I said, we're uh, one second. We're, we're, I'm just going to take a, a quick break. We can get into the analysis since he is your number three. I'll save my TFG analysis uh, for after the break. Uh, for the audience out there, I am going to split this up into separate episodes just because I, I, this is getting long and I don't want to test the upload limits for any of my uh, for my podcast hosting software. So I'm just going to call it here uh, and we're going to finish up with the recaps and then the uh the last three in the power rankings in this next uh in this next episode so it's going to kind of be two episodes today so uh yeah we will move on in just a minute <laughs> 